we, we think it's, it, you know, the wisdom speaks in words, but, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the ability, in my opinion, to use words. It, it nudges us in, 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 in terms of, of urges and feelings, like and all of a sudden you just have an urge to learn or do or explore something. And, and as I learned to realize that that's what it is, it became easier to just go with that and trust it. And welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast, where we peel back the bull crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. Perhaps one of the most beautiful things uh, about the coaching profession is there's such a rich and wide variety of tools, methodologies and techniques. And of course, coaches out there. Indeed, if all coaches were the same, this podcast wouldn't exist or... <laughs> It certainly wouldn't be anywhere near as much fun as I like to think it is. Um, and I do think one of the roles uh, of a coach is to help our clients to gain a deeper understanding of themselves, how they are experiencing life, and in that understanding, gain some clarity around what keeps them from creating what they want. And I do see a lot of coaches out there make that whole thing much more complex than perhaps it needs to be. I'm a fan of simplicity, as many of my clients will attest to. And I think as coaches, we have an opportunity to help our clients gain that understanding of how they're experiencing life so that they can simply go and get on with living it, get on with living their most joyous and loving life. And today's guest is one of a few people I see that I think really does get it. I think he's also a fan of simplicity and he's certainly a fan of getting on with living life. Now, you know, he used to say, um, or, or rather he says he used to um, be a habit and strategy junkie. And yet, um, you know, he was a client of mine for a while and um, he's probably one of the happiest and certainly one of the most easygoing people I've met. Um, and it's always a joy talking with him. So, you know, no pressure, mate, but uh, let's uh, let's explore. That's a big warm welcome to Auntie Van Hannen. Hello. Uh, hello, Phil. And a uh, pleasure to be here on the show. And thank you for the beautiful intro. <laughs> thank that was, you. Uh, it's, it's a good thing we're recording this so I can go back to it and... When I'm feeling low, I can listen to it again. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, you can you can employ that technique and strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's start where where I always like to start. Um, just as a bit of an interim background. So what was it that initially got you into well personal development as well as the coaching profession? Well, I suppose I've always had a an interest in it, probably since I was about fifteen, and. Over the years, I've probably read two, three hundred books on self-development and self-improvement and tried to apply countless strategies. And, and, and I reckon ever since I was 15, I was always of the opinion that meditation is, is the thing to do. It's just that I didn't really want to do it. But, you know, I, I, I started the habit and tried to really stick with it probably 20 times in my life. And so I was I was in this in this cycle, so to speak. And uh Life took me in a different direction, and uh, I went to business school because I didn't know really what I wanted to do with life, and that seemed to be is what my father had done, and it seemed that that would be the best way to keep my options open for when I know, <clears throat> sorry, when I do know what I, what I want to do, and <clears throat> so I, I got my dream job working for Nokia, doing strategy, and you know, probably within a year, I realized, like, this is not at all what I want to do. <laughs> and, but I know, um, being the self-starter that I am, <clears throat> I, I stuck with it for another four years. And uh, then when the iPhone came out and Nokia really started to feel the, the pain from that, they started uh, feeling the need to downsize. And they started offering voluntary severance packages. So I was like, you're going to pay me to leave? And I was like, yes, <laughs> give me that one-year salary. This is the break I've been looking for. And uh, I will figure out what I want to do with my life. And so that's what I did. And, uh, you know, I sat for a long time like, well, what do I want to do? 
And I figured that, well, this self-improvement thing has always really interested me, but I really haven't made any headway in it whatsoever, despite you know all the books and all the effort and all the courses. And as I looked around me, I saw that that seems to be most people. Hmm. So I figured that if I can crack that nut, then I can help a lot of other people too. <clears throat> and so that's kind of how I got started. What was it then that you saw that changed that, that, that changed your view, you know, that, that had you perhaps stop that endless quest and searching for the right tools and techniques? Yeah, well, <clears throat> well, before I got to that point, I, I went even deeper. So, so <laughs> my, my first idea with my business was that I would be the human guinea pig and I would test out all these self-improvement things on myself and have like a, like a blog with videos and updates and, you know, so people can kind of follow along and, and then as a result, I could tell people what really works and what doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. It, seemed, it seemed like a, like a brilliant idea. And I suppose about two years in, I was just like, despite trying to be really transparent and really authentic and taking it seriously, I just kind of saw that I'm just making this up. Well, so now you bring up though, because I, I remember a previous conversation that we had about doing some weird stuff in air quotes, if you like. So yeah. what 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 are <laughs> for the purpose of entertainment, perhaps? But what what were some of the things that you, that you that you tried and you shared? Um, well, you know, I, I tried meditation, so I, I did that every morning for for thirty days, and I still hated it. Um, I hate cold in the morning, so I decided that I'm going to do a cold shower challenge. And the first thing in the morning, I take like two minute ice cold shower, <laughs> and, um, and and that turned out to be like you know actually a fair bit of fun. In uh, like after the first ten mornings, and you know I did negative visualizations and gratitude journals and um, idea creation, where you come up with like ten ideas about some topic every morning and and all things like that and it 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 just like while I was doing them I, it seemed like well you know like maybe there's some benefit to this but then you know when, when once I quit and it was like three days later it's like I've got nothing to show for it mm-hmm. right so I got really frustrated by the idea that am I really supposed to spend and something like an hour every morning kind of priming myself and and being grateful and and meditating and and doing all this stuff because I look around the nature and, and you know animals and, and babies and they seem to be awesome at life without doing anything and I was like this is bullshit like this it, it can't be like this and I was ready to throw in the towel to be honest uh, on the whole thing I was I was kind of down and then by accident I, I came across Michael Neal's The Inside Out Revolution and it just it just blew the doors off my mind like in one instant, everything made sense. Like everything I had experienced in my life, I understood why. Why sometimes I felt one way and then another time another. It, it just all made sense. And, and that was probably the biggest turning point for me. Just having, having that, um, the curtain lifted, so to speak, and getting a glimpse at, at what's really going on. So what was going on professionally for you at this, at this point in time? Well, to be honest, not much. Um, at that time, I had just signed up about 20 people for uh, a, like a pilot course that I called um, Inner Game Mastery, and, you know, or the Inner Strategist, one of the two. I think I play with both names. And I read this book, and the pilot course was supposed to start a week later. And I'm kind of going like, oh, my God, like <laughs> 80% of my course is total bullshit. And, you know, I, I, I don't stand behind it. And, you know, some, some good friends, they'd seen the course and they thought it was really good. And my wife, wife as well. And they were like, no, no, just stick with the course, do it. And then, you know, afterwards you can create like a new one. And I was like, yeah, but no, I'm, I'm going to figure this out on the fly. I'm just going to, you know, because each module came out like one week after the, after the previous one. Yeah. So I always figured out, well, I've got a, I've got a week time to kind of just get this down and, and to make things worse, my wife had just gone to Australia with her with our baby, and, and I joined her. And so we're driving around Australia in, in a camper van. My wife's driving, and the baby's screaming in the back. 
and I'm on my laptop trying to put the course together. And at the same time, I'm reading a book, one book by Michael Neal, another one by Derek Kramer, <laughs> a third one by Eckhart Tolle, and uh, a fourth one by Alan Watts. And just trying to make sense. How do I put this in words and so that it makes sense that it's not totally inaccurate? And, and I think it was that crazy condensed process of, of learning and then trying to teach it onwards that really accelerated my, my understanding in a, in a very short amount of time. How were you teaching it? I mean, yeah, what was going on? How were you, I guess, either finding or creating the opportunities to do that? At the time, I was relying on kind of my, the network of people that I knew that I had um, and, you know, people that might be interested or could benefit from it. And this course was basically just, um, I would write like a long module and send it to them. And that was kind of the, the theory bit, so to speak. And then I would provide some exercises and a homework if you want, if you like. And then they would come back to me and, you know, send back their homework. And then we'd have a conversation about it after each module. And, and that was quite interesting because it was a, it was a very quick way to see what's resonating, what's not resonating and what's working and, and so forth. Looking back at that particular time, what's, what's your biggest learning out, out of all of that? That's a good question. Um, one of the biggest things is, is to really become good at anything is you can't just passively learn it. You also have to apply it and if possible, teach it to someone else because it, it, it forces you to to see it and think about it from, from different angles that you otherwise wouldn't. And another thing is that I've seen is in, when we're in the moment of, of struggling and trying to figure something out, we, we seldom realize to enjoy it. But when we look back at that time, we realize like in many ways, it was an awesome time. It was a beautiful time. Mm -hmm. the, the space of not knowing and, and trying to make ends meet and just trying things and, and, and being sort of, like um, like a little like a scientist trying to just figure like oh what happens when I do this oh that didn't work what about this, and and so learning to appreciate also those times when when I don't know and and uh, it seems difficult but it's actually looking back it was a great time. <laughs> I'm tempted to sort of jump to how things are now, but not miss out what happened in the meantime but i think mm. in a way to set the context of what so what is happening now professionally and and personally and then how how did that change if you like how did that journey come about yeah okay uh well at the moment i have um a quite a nice number of of clients from all around the world um that i work with and and I'm happy to say we, we seem to be achieving very nice results together. So so that's really nice. And I try to do so that I do coaching up for about half of my week. So if you have like, let's say the working week is about 40 hours, then I try to limit my coaching to maximum 20 hours a week. And then the other 20 hours a week, I, I reserve for other projects, for example, doing a podcast or or um, writing or whatever project might might come up. And uh, life is, is really, um, in, in many ways, quite beautiful at the moment. And um, I'm constantly, seem to be that the more I relax into it, the, the, the better it gets. Rather than the more I do, the better it gets, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I really see that. I really see that. And it hasn't always been like that, or, or, or indeed has it, you know, from, from, from those times as you as you described yeah. driving in that van trying to make ends meet and whatever um and this is one thing even from our time together I always got about you is that I, I remember even thinking to myself you described some stuff that's going on and I'm thinking to myself yeah but you don't seem particularly worked up about it <laughs> like, and sometimes I would be well I would sense like this frustration in me so like I, I I actually felt like I wanted to put a rocket up your ass sometimes but but knowing well <laughs> hang on that's not necessary because you just seem to have this immense faith actually if that's the right word faith and trust in that what well, just things are unfolding and they, they're going to work out anyway 
Does that feel like an accurate reflection? Yeah, very much so. Um, I think it drives my wife crazy sometimes too, and I think she shares your sentiment of putting a rocket up my butt sometimes. But it, it is really, it's really bizarre because if I look, for example, that decision to leave Nokia and, and jump into this, I I left, uh, you know, like a ten years of, of of a very good ascending career and and all the perks that go with it, um, you know, my my education, all the all the network, my personal brand, everything. And I, and I jumped into, well, nothing, just because it seemed like a good idea. And so many people, you know, they've, over the years, they, they've already, when I did it, they, you know, they were, well, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And I was like, I have no idea. And, and of course, the more they ask, the more you start to ask yourself and you yeah. start to freak out. And over the years, when it's been kind of like a very slow burning start with lots of, um, you know, dead ends. It's like, okay, so that didn't work. I'd have to try something else. And many people close to me, they've said like, you know, like maybe you just, just you know, give up on this dream and just find a job and, 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 and do that. And while on one level, it's what they say makes sense. It just, I don't know what it is, but it's just been this kind of, like you said, like this, this faith that it's all going to work out that, that I'm, I'm heading the right direction. And it's just, it's just happening more slowly than I would probably like. And if I could go back and do it again, of course, I'd, I'd skip all the dead ends and I'd, I'd get to my destination faster, but that's not really the, the way it works. Indeed, yeah. You know, one of, the thing, one of the things I've seen relatively recently is we see it banded about that it's fear that stands between us and everything, but I, I've realized that over a number of years, there's things that I wouldn't try out because I thought, well, that's not going to give me the return on investment, if you like, be it money or t in particular time and effort that I want yeah. in, in the time in the time that I want. So it wasn't really fear that was having me hold back. It was impatience. Right. And yet I also see that the, that we never know, not just when the seeds that we're planting, we don't know when they're going to start sprouting and flourish. We don't know. We don't know when, and, and in some cases, personally, sometimes that's years. For people come to me like three or four years after a, a, you know planted seeds in in their direction or vicinity, mm. but we don't know what color that's going to look like. What kind of whether that's a tree or whatever. We just we really don't know. So it's it's um, it is as far as I can tell, it is about just being willing to dance with life and go out there and plant seeds without getting too attached to any time scales or, or indeed any kind of results. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And one thing it seems to me that when we think about the world through the, the intellect, it, it seems like the world is linear. That, you know, it's it's one step, second step, third step, fourth step, fifth step, and then there's your goal. All you got to do is execute. But when we look at our own lives, our, you know, how did our, you know, relationships begin or how did any business become successful? What we'll see when we take a closer look is so many happy accidents and, and random coincidences that, that enabled them to happen that you wouldn't look, go back and, and, and look and say like, hey, here's what you should do. Do exactly what I did because it's almost never linear. That, so I'm, I'm kind of seeing that life is, it's almost like life is a living organism rather than just uh, like a static world that we live in. And and when I when I see that it kind of empowers me to just have more blind faith in, in in whatever it is I want to do and then just give it a shot and there's no requirement to to commit to it because you see a lot of times people that say like yeah well I don't know if if, if coaching or whatever is really my thing that I don't want to commit to it for ten years I'm like who said you had to commit to it for ten years. <laughs> Do it for two months. If it doesn't feel right, do something else. It's fine. You know, so, yeah. So one thing about you is that, as I, I kind of alluded to earlier, is you always come across as, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. But from the outside, I dare say that doesn't, things don't look fine. We've all had the, the time to particular financial um troubles or pressures or where we just simply would would like to have more money because there's more things we want to do yeah 
how have you handled that? Is it the same thing going on? Is it the whole blind trust thing? Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a good question. Um, I think I went from having like a, like a nice amount of money on a regular, like a regular basis to not really having any money for years and basically living with my, you know, credit card maxed out and just trying to make it from one month to another. And there were times when that, that stressed me. And then at some point I realized that It doesn't really stress me actually, but I, I kind of I kind of got used to it, which is just just to say that uh, I I found some kind of excuse to not worry about it so much, right? And and so um, and it seemed that the the less I worried about, like for example, my financial situation, the more it would somehow automatically start improving like in, in ways that I can't really even explain, like why did that happen now? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and so I wouldn't say that it was, it, it probably even wasn't a conscious decision that you're like, I'm, not, I'm just not gonna worry about it. Or I'm going to try to see it from a perspective. It just sort of happened. Maybe what might be of interest is what you were doing instead. Instead of sitting at home on your sofa worrying about money, what were you doing instead? Oh, yeah. So for the longest time in my life, I think what held me back is, is I had misunderstood what my feelings were trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. So I felt that if I wasn't motivated to do something, it was a sign that I shouldn't do it then, that I should do it later or do something else. Or... Um, if I felt insecure, it meant that, you know, I just wasn't ready. I need to prepare more or, or, you know, like make myself stronger or more handsome or whatever it is. Right. And, and so I, my life had always been kind of a series of, of starts and stops as a result, because when I felt insecure or demotivated or whatever, I kind of just like, right, that's a sign that I'm, I'm putting the brakes on. So I was listening to my mind intuition, but I was just interpreting it wrong. Well, I, I suppose I would say it now. And when I realized that that's not really what those feelings were, were telling me, they were just telling me about the, the quality of my thinking. And it, it sort of became irrelevant how I felt when I wanted to do something. Um, and so if I, got to work on my book and I didn't really feel like doing it. I just do it anyways, because I knew that it's not telling me anything about my ability as a, as a, as a writer or um, the potential of my book or how many people it's going to reach and how much they're going to like it. It just tells me just where I am in my own head at that very time. And I just kept going anyways. And sometimes those days were that I would write the same intro to a, to a chapter eight times and, and none of them were good. But then at some point, something occurred to me, and, I, and, and it just came. And I don't think that inspiration would have um, found me if I was sitting on the sidelines or, or watching Netflix the same way. That you kind of, I felt that, feel that you have to be in the game for the inspiration, that kind of magic to find you. It's sort of like if you're, if you're a footy player and you know, you see something that like a, like a Messi or Ronaldo does just in the spur of the moment. It's, it's just a stroke of genius to do something. Well, if they had that while they were sitting on the sideline, it would have been no good, right? <laughs> you, you have to be in the game doing it for, for it to be of any value. And, and that's what I saw. So I, I became quite disinterested in many ways about how I, how I feel and, and also like what's, what, what the chatter is going up, on up in my head. And uh, I, and I suppose I finally figured out like what the voice of wisdom sounds like, because I think that's one thing that holds a lot of us back is we we think it's it, you know the wisdom speaks in words, but but it doesn't. It doesn't have the ability, in my opinion, to use words. It it nudges us in in. In, in terms of, of urges and feelings, like and all of a sudden you just have an urge to learn or do or explore something. And, and as I learned to realize that that's what it is, 
it became easier to just go with that and trust it. And that's fascinating, of course, because that's that's we're we're hearing, feeling perhaps this wisdom, inner feeling. That's pretty much all we've got without the la- without language. Mm. And yet we're also saying, by the same token, how not that our feelings don't matter. I think our feelings do matter, but generally we give much more importance and guidance to our feelings than is than is helpful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I, I kind of I've seen for myself. OK, so here's how I, I kind of see it now and see if this makes sense for you. Um, so a wise person, in my opinion, they align and accept align with and accept reality like things are just the way they are. And how you feel about them doesn't make any difference. It doesn't change them. Right. <laughs> so so when we feel peaceful or loving or joyful or curious or, or something like that, then we are okay with things the way they are, right? So we we are aligned with reality and, and supposed you could say that then we see it as it is. And But then when we feel irritated or anxious or, or insecure or, or jealous or petty, it's, it's funny that in that feeling is always this, this strong desire for things to be exactly as you want them to be. Right? That the world isn't okay the way it is. It needs to change somehow for me to be okay with it. Which is which of course is madness because the world can't just automatically or suddenly change just because you want it to. And so for me that that kind of it's a reminder for me that I'm not seeing something clearly. That that those feelings aren't actually helping me to to move forward or do anything productive. So usually when those feelings come, then I kind of just say like, okay, fine. I'm just going to stick to whatever script I was, I was working on before. And sooner or later, I'm going to feel something different and then we'll see. See, there's a yeah, but in there that I'm going to throw at you. Cause I'm, I'm sh- uh-huh. sure if I, I always, I, I like to remind myself that I'm not as unique as, as sometimes I like to believe I am. So if mm. I've had a, if I've had a question come to my mind, then it's likely that other people would have, have a, a similar question too so okay. my yeah buddy is okay w- what i'm hearing you saying is well the world is fine as it is so how mm. do you balance that uh indeed uh, uh it hasn't gone out yet at the time of our recording but the time this goes out there'll be a previous episode where you know a friend of mine Stelcy nason talks about um what she termed the um the dark side of consciousness where we use our consciousness and acceptance if you like of yeah everything's beautiful everything's exactly as it should be to then take a passive role if you like and um not to take an active role in creating change for the better into making the world a better place so what do you say to that uh, okay so for me it's it's not so much that i see that everything is perfect it's more that it's more about accepting things the way they are and 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 then it becomes easier to change that if i'm in denial that i'm broke or i don't have clients then all my energy gets gets robbed by by this negative feeling worrying about it and 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 resisting it whereas if i just say like you know i, I might i sometimes do i think it was Kyle Cease who's one of my um my my favorite kind of transformational coaches he's actually a transformational comedian and 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 i love that there's that kind of levity to to his uh what he does and 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 so he has this great thing that he says that um i don't have any money for example and then he adds the end and i love it or, or you know, like, I don't know what to do, and I love it. Or my tooth hurts, and I love it. And and that's just like a kind of a way to sort of just release a little bit of that resistance and accept what it is. And that doesn't mean that you actually do love it. But when I remember this one morning about in the spring, I woke up and I was just in a in a grumpy mood, and I was just. It, irritated and everything seemed difficult and and every person I met just seemed like a total pain in the butt and you know I'm just trying to go through my day and it's like it's just a thought and it'll pass and, and you know like nothing's helping and then I don't know three four hours later you know, I'm still in this kind of feeling and all of a sudden it just occurred to me I said like well let's have a shit shit shitty day then right and and I, as I said that I, I I smiled to myself and I felt that 
that that like the pressure the pressure that was kind of like had been building up it started to release and maybe I don't know 20 minutes later I'm talking to my wife and I just over realized like you know what I'm in a great mood <laughs> and and I don't know what happened and and so it's so much easier to take action when when we've accepted things the way they are rather than if we go like no I I I shouldn't be broke or I I shouldn't not know what to do if that makes sense yeah and and I think that's where the analogy we use the word resistance um in there as well and and to me that makes sense if if I'm resisting I've kind of got like a foot on the brake if you like and I'm, and I'm able yeah. to to move forward and to flow I have a similar thing going on like I'd, I mean, it happened actually last week where I I'm much more organized productively if you like now than I've ever been I've been playing around with um, some productivity tools that have helped me because I've got so much going on in my business right now I'd, previously I was just using some pretty manual ways of doing it writing a manual to-do list and just using apple notes to organize different projects and stuff i've now using a tool called things but anyway um got much more productive but there's still times where okay i need to create something i've committed perhaps to write something today and uh it's just something that sometimes it doesn't flow it's just it's just it's Mm. just not happening so I'm creating this thing that some people would call writer's block or whatever. And there are times I've noticed, just as you described, that I might just say, you know what, fuck it. What I had scheduled for today, it doesn't matter. I'm just letting go of it all and then see what shows up and then see what occurs for me to do instead. And it is always, always just as productive, if not more so. There is something else that comes through, perhaps a different kind of article or something that comes through instead. Yeah, and it it is so many times all we need to do is is accept and and embrace that we don't know or that we feel uncertain or or insecure. And and when we do that, it stops being a thing. We no longer need to worry about it because, hey, it's okay. And then our mind can, can focus on something else and then usually it's something much more useful perfect so who or what has influenced the coaching and work that you do now the most i would say that it has to be michael neal like um that that his book when i first read it it just blew my mind and also i um i really enjoy his his radio show i think it's uh it's it's required listening if you're a coach to just to you know people call in with with all sorts of problems and just to see like how this guy who's been coaching for i don't know like 30 years or something probably close to that and kind of where he where how long he listens and and where he interjects and and how he does it and and where he's coming from that feeling and one of the things the biggest things i learned from him was that as a, as a coach, speak to the, um, to the wisdom, to the wholeness, the, the resilience in the person rather than the, than the addiction or the weakness or, or the illusion of brokenness. I think one of the most powerful things I've heard him say over and over, in fact, is like, oh, you too. Yeah, I have that going on. Or <laughs> I have a version of that going on. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it kind of ties into what we've been talking about this whole thing about resisting resisting what is and just even resisting what it is to be human to have this shit going on to wake up like i i i have this thing where some it seems to be mornings for me and i was talking to a friend about this exact subject earlier on this morning for her it's an evening thing i i have this i sometimes wake up and i have this real heaviness and feeling of depression some might describe it as but of course i've learned over a period of time a period of years i just don't take any notice of it anymore Uh like it doesn't mean anything and i just get on with my day you know and then i kind of noticed huh yeah that's not there anymore (laughs) yeah that feeling's not there anymore but coming back to michael what i think he does very beautifully is just highlight to us that there's there's kind of nothing that's unnatural that we can do right like yeah it's all it's all part of being part of being human yeah absolutely 
So if I was to watch you, if I had, uh, had you on one of those reality TV shows, what might a typical week look like for you? I'm curious. Um, I know there's some football involved. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm curious what that's like, how you're currently perhaps creating connections, where you're being of service, that kind of thing. But also, what does personal life like look like? What does, does Is that totally separate from the professional life or, am I, or is it all just life? Yeah, uh, it's a it's a good question. So so every morning we have two small kids, like one and three. So so every morning starts with you know like getting the getting the show on the road, mm-hmm. and you know you know feeding, dressing, and taking my my daughter to to daycare. And you know then I come back and I take my dog for a walk in the forest. And it's usually you know ten o'clock or something before, even though I've been up since seven, that I get to actually do any work. And there have been mornings where where, where that frustrates me. Because, you know, I might have some creative ideas or things that I really want to do. It's like, okay, I got to, <laughs> no, no, honey, you know, like, we got to put your shoes on now. No, put your shoes on. <laughs> and <laughs> instead, you know, and then you kind of go like, oh, you know, I'm, I, I had all these great things I could have created this morning. But, you know, it's, it's kind of part of the, part of the fun and, and, and realizing that it ultimately, like, looking back, it, it, I don't really regret a single morning of, of, you know, doing that. And so usually when I come back, then my day is, um, I do a fair bit of writing. And these days I do quite a bit of writing on, on Quora, the, the social network. And I, I don't quite know why I started writing there about, uh, I guess like a year and a half ago. Uh, I think I did it because so many people were asking questions and, and really seeking answers and they weren't getting very good answers. It was just more of the, um, you know, you should meditate or you should keep a gratitude journal or you should write down your goals and, and, and this kind of stuff. Just do more, be more. And so I started, I started writing there, um, I suppose, to help people, but also to practice how to articulate my ideas mm-hmm. and, and this understanding. And, and it's a wonderful thing because, you know, there's an audience already there just waiting. And, and then, they, then they vote. They give you feedback immediately when you write something that, you know, you see like a thousand people re- like read your post and two people liked it. And you probably didn't reach many people. So you kind of, you get this feedback constantly. And, and so I, start, I, I do that quite a bit. So I write answers there and I have a lot of my clients actually come, come through there. Um, and uh, then I do some, I have my own podcast and, um, and you know, there's all different kinds of projects. So, so it, it is kind of like family and work and coaching all kind of mixed together into one. And uh, it seems to work pretty nicely. And the best part is that my, my wife is on maternity leave. So, we have the ability to to travel because I can work almost from anywhere. As long as I have an internet connection, then I can have a have a coaching call and uh, and you know like help somebody. So it's yeah, it's uh, it's it's a wonderful moment in our lives at the moment. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And, and you know that piece you touched on as well, right at the beginning there of of how at one level if you like looking at it through one perspective we might think you know i wish this was different come on can you please get ready for the day or for school or whatever just that little bit faster and and i remember i mean my son now is what 27 married 27 and has his own life and whatever well but there were times so from about age good grief six (laughs) six Mm -hmm. to 16 17 he was playing football on a saturday morning during the football season and you know there were some mornings where i had that feeling going on that you describe and also there you are standing out in this field muddy field in the middle of nowhere it's pouring down with rain and i think what the hell am i doing (laughs) (laughs) he might be on the bench we used to call him um his name's ben but we used to call him bench but anyway um but um gosh i would love to have some of those days again yeah yeah i look back at all of that time with such affection even even standing out in the rain yeah in a muddy field in the middle of nowhere 
Yeah. So it just looks to me that uh, that's just, again, that's just another reminder that we can have affection and, and enjoy anything that's going on. Yeah. And, and kind of speaking the same exact thing that, um, as you know, my, my daughter, she had skin cancer um, what, diagnosed when she was two. And it resulted in a, in a couple of operations and, and everything that goes with it. And as, as weird as it sounds, I, I look back upon that process and, and, you know, like, and it's a beautiful process because it really helped me see that she might not be there like, uh, my whole life, but you never know. Right. Mm-hmm. But you, we have this, yeah. I had this, I have this expectation. I realized that she's going to outlive me. And so I had the tendency sometimes to not pay attention or resist some things, or if she was, didn't want to get dressed, you know, to go to, um, kindy, I would, I would get frustrated. And what it helped me see was that if, if she actually was like, we're gone, I would miss all those moments. And it, and it really like, it's like a, like a, like a switch was flipped that, even those morning when she's having a really crummy time and she just doesn't want to cooperate at all. Um, and it, it's still, I, but now I still see, I, I feel and I see the beauty in it all. That it's, that it's okay. It's, it's just what it's meant to be. And that's love too, you know, doing, doing the things that, that need to be done. Um, and it doesn't mean that love doesn't mean that every, everybody needs to be smiling the whole time. So, so that's, uh, yeah, that's something that, you know, helped me really see on a, on a gut level, not so much intellectual. And I, and, and I find myself with you, by the way, because we had a little chat yesterday and I, and I find myself doing this and I, maybe, I guess that probably means other people are as well. Like, um, if you could summarize what's changed from the times of struggle through to now where things just seem to be working out just seem to be unfolding and you've got some wonderful clients or whatever if you mm. if you could summarize what has changed what has shifted or indeed what you're doing differently what might that be i i think when i first came across the the inside out understanding it made sense and i became quite aware of my thoughts like more aware than i had been previously and while on some level that was liberating on another level it was also burdening because now you're spending so much time focused on your thinking and i think what's happened since and uh you know probably partly due to our work together is i'm i'm quite disinterested in 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 the chatter going up in my head that uh, you know, I, I said this to you yesterday that I would kind of describe my approach to life at the mo- moment profoundly unintellectual in that I don't really spend much time or energy uh, thinking about what I'm going to say or do. And if I say or do something something stupid or, or selfish or, you know, counterproductive, then, you know, I apologize, I make a mental note, and I move on, and I don't give myself a hard time about it at all, because it doesn't seem to me that that is very useful for for learning, and, and certainly it's not required, because you look at, like, small kids, they just keep going, and, and they learn, you know, it's not like they sit there and going, like, oh, you shouldn't have done that, you idiot, how, you know, <laughs> you look terrible falling down on your butt like that, you know, they, no, they just do it, and, and I've kind of realized that all that mental chatter that I used to engage in, it's, I totally don't have to do that. And so I think that's what it is, is, is I spend so much more time, I guess, living from the neck down rather than from the neck up. I love that. And I also notice I'm chuckling here really (laughs) in two fronts really, but one in particular is I notice that, that, that like social media and in particular Facebook can be very much a representation and expression of a lot of that mental chatter of people wanting to explore, um, the, the, the intellectualization of perhaps a spiritual understanding. And I know that I used to get quite involved in that and, and being quite mischievous. I'm, 
some people might say I'm a bit of a shit stirrer, but sometimes I, I I like to stir the pot a little bit, and uh, mm. and it's not always well received. But you know, I I have a chuckle at that also because that's again the same thing that's going on, right? Yeah. Um, but I've realised, gosh, you you can really save a lot of time. Certainly, what you're describing, you can save a lot of time by not engaging in the mental chatter in your head, but you can save a lot of time in in not engaging in a lot of the mental chatter that's that's outside as well, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like masturbation, you know, like if you feel like doing it, go for it. But, but just know that it's not going to ultimately make you that happy. <laughs> That's where I'm going wrong. Oh, thank yeah. you. Insight of the day. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. So, um, you know, it's, I'm going to ask you this question and I have a sense of what your answer might be. So what's next for you? <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, I have no idea. There you go. Um, yeah. Um, there you go. I, oh, throughout my career, people ask me, like, what do you see yourself being when you grow up or at work? They ask, <laughs> like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not a, uh, I'm, I can't predict the future. It, it, it just, you know, whatever I think now, that's probably the last thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And one thing that I, I, I do kind of find myself, um, that it would be fun to do is when I see uh, like celebrities and, and people and that, that have a crisis, I kind of, some part of me thinks that it'd be, it would be fun to, to work with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like an, like an Elon Musk who at the moment seems to be going <laughs> through, through quite a difficult time in his life or, or a Louis CK and, and uh, start working with them. And, and I don't know if I'm going to end up doing probably because I just said it, I won't. But, but you know, who knows? Who knows? And, yeah. But it, 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 you know, it, something like that. I, I think the best part about this work is that while it's, while it's nice to help people thrive, you know, go from, from good to great, I get the biggest kicks out of helping somebody who has been struggling and, and beating themselves up and carrying this massive weight on their shoulder, all of a sudden feel lighter and kind of come back to life. I, I just get such a kick out of that. And, and and the fact that, you know, people are willing to pay for this work, it's just, it's almost too good to be true. So so I think I, that's, that's the direction I, I'm going to keep working in, I think. And uh, however that unfolds, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for that, because it also feels like you've answered what was going to be my very last question, so I don't need to ask that now. But um, <laughs> I will ask this, which I ask most of my guests. So if you had a bunch of people, aspiring coaches or people interested in the coaching profession or indeed people in the first couple of years of their of building their practice, and you had a message for those, a 30-second message, what might that be? Off the top of my head, I would say that find your own voice. Because so many times we think that we need to be like somebody else, that somebody else has it figured out. But, you know, you look at any of the, the great coaches out there and, and, and they've all, all figured out their own angle and their own style. And the only way, and you can't do that just by, by reading one book after another or listening to one podcast after another. Except this one, of course. Um, <laughs> Thank and, you. <laughs> uh, but more so that, you know, like for me, it was that I just started writing. Yeah. And I started writing on Quora. And it really doesn't matter if you write on, on Quora or, or Twitter or Facebook or just your own blog or just in your own journal. But the more you express your ideas in the way things seem to you, you will develop your own unique way of expressing it. And then certain people will start becoming drawn to that and then they will be your audience and the people who are indifferent or hate what you write well they don't matter anyways because they were never going to be your clients right and and so that's what i would that's what i would encourage people to to look within rather than keep going you know for one piece of information to another and you know so i i remember in a conversation that we had during our time together of you saying hey i've you know started writing i've been doing a bit of work on cora and i realized you were you know at the time you were doing that simply because you enjoyed it just like you, yeah. you know i remember asking you about it and you're like i don't know i just i just kind of enjoy it you know yeah. i kind of enjoyed throwing my my answers out there and my opinion and whatever and and here you go it's it's 
it's it's another example i guess of if we follow our joy which is different from chasing happiness right what you're saying Mm -hmm. is i'm doing something because i enjoy even though you know that you're creating the experience of enjoyment hell that's what we're here for right we're here to enjoy this life and 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 you and it's always a joy talking to you so i'm so glad that uh (laughs) we had our conversation yesterday which led to us doing this thing today so it's always lovely to catch up and, and and chat with you Thank you, Phil. I uh, I really enjoyed this, and I and I find it wonderful how much um, you give space to to your um, guests to speak and and express themselves. And it's it's really easy to talk. And and I think ninety percent of the time I've forgotten that there might be an audience listening to this. So, <laughs> so that's 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 a credit to you. Thank you. Let me have your PayPal link later. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Antti. There is a theme through all of it, and that is his willingness to explore, to try things out, and to experiment and see what happens. He consistently has this faith that things are working out, and indeed he spoke later on about the difference between wanting things to be different than they actually are, resisting our current reality, and our ability to create change from a place of acceptance. That's so important for all of us to see. He said those feelings of irritation, insecurity, even jealousy are a reminder that we're not seeing things clearly, and those feelings are not helping us to be more productive. I loved how he has demonstrated simply experimenting in so many areas, such as by writing on Quora. He said he noticed people were asking questions there and not getting very good answers. So he started writing there, not only to help people, but as a great way to practice how to articulate his ideas with some valuable feedback from readers. And a lot of his clients have indeed come through there, as well as his podcasts and other other projects that he's involved with. And then there's his message at the end there for coaches. Find your voice. Yes, I couldn't agree more with that. Just do you. So I'm curious, how are you expressing yourself and developing your ideas? Are you experimenting and exploring? Is that working for you? What are you noticing as you do express and share more of your ideas with your community on social media or wherever it is you are writing and sharing? I'd love to hear from you either in the Coaching Life podcast, Facebook group or by direct message and you'll get the opportunity to be one of the listeners selected each month to have a follow-up conversation that may be featured in a future episode of this podcast so how are you experimenting how are you expressing yourself and developing your voice and of course what's your one takeaway from today what are you going to do with that Okay, one more thing to mention here. If you're interested in attending our Coaching Life live event in London later this year, I'm so excited about this, drop me an email to phil at philg.com and I'll ensure you get all the details. Personally, whilst I also love listening to podcasts, all of the in-person coaching events I've attended around the world have been transformational. So I'm very excited about getting a bunch of amazing coaches together in person later this year. Okay, thank you once again for listening. Until next time, I wish you much love and joy.